There we go. Morning, everyone. Uh, for those of you that haven't met me, I am indeed Chris's wife. My name is Nick, um, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, and it is my utter privilege to be able to bring something to you this morning that I feel God has placed um, quite heavily on my heart. Uh, the old me in the old way would apologize for emotion, but I'm done with apologizing for the presence of God in my life. Um, so this may take longer than it normally would, um, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay because actually increasingly what we're finding as a church community is when the spirit of God moves, we can't always contain it or control it in a way that feels acceptable or safe or nice to us. Um, so, so it's not an apology, it's an explanation for why things may move slightly slower this morning from the, the pace of which you may normally expect uh, when I stand and pick a microphone up. Um, and what I want to do is, uh, I've actually changed the talk during the worship. Um, so, um, <laughs> so it was going to be a really nice rounded story of how we talk about the balance between encounter and actually meeting with God in a moment, a powerful moment where a transaction happens, and then how we walk that out into a place of freedom. And that will happen, but today I feel like God is inviting me to lean heavily into the first, not forgetting the second, but to come back and speak at a different time about the second where I can give it the time and the space that it deserves, really, um, rather than feel like, for the sake of me, stepping off a platform and feeling like I've done a rounded job, I went from start to finish. Um, so whilst the, the talk is really about how we balance and hold the tension of moments with God and a lifestyle with God. Today I'm leaning into moments um, and transactions and, and a real uh, transformational encounters with God. And I would love to come back, uh, if you'll have me, and do the second part at, a, at another stage and be able to talk about how we walk that out. Now, this came about because um, in every week we meet as pastors um, and we meet as key leaders and we have been having some really robust conversations. Um, one of the things I love about the group of leaders we have here is we don't have a room of yes people. Uh, no one is just saying, oh, you know, whatever you think, let's just do that. Like we have robust conversations around what is God saying? How can we respond to that? Well, I'm not sure that's how we respond. And and robust conversations are healthy. Um, for any of you who've been raised in a family culture where you don't disagree because um, it seemed to be wrong, or you don't speak up and put your head above the parapet because that seemed to be too much, I want to say to you today that that's not the culture of the kingdom, actually. The, the kingdom is where we actually get to respond to what God is doing, and, and then we healthily and lovingly bring those things into a space of discussion. Um, rather than just staying quiet. Um, I feel specifically there are some people here this morning who have been kept quiet in their family culture because you don't speak up because of the consequences. And I feel like you're being given permission today. Uh, it's nothing to do with this, but it's everything to do with him. Um, that you don't have to stay quiet anymore. 
Um, and so we've been having some robust conversations around the fact that as a church family, we've been talking quite a lot lately about encounters with God and moments with God and breakthroughs with God and powerful moments and how we carry the tension of that with the fact that an encounter in and of itself is not going to be the answer to, for the rest of your life. Um, you can't live off an encounter forever that we actually then need to walk that out. And that's not um, Andy Stanley, who's an amazing leader, uh, talks about things that are a problem to solve and things that are attention to manage. And this one is not a problem to solve. It's attention to manage, which is we need to keep holding the tension between moments with God and a lifestyle of walking out in freedom. And um, for any of you who are new, I've seen a couple of you looking upstairs. These are our children upstairs. Um, we haven't locked them up there and they're trying to get out. Uh, they're worshipping and playing and that's the noise that you can hear from upstairs. Um, so in one particular meeting, uh, I felt like as one of the pastors was talking, I felt like God lifted me out almost of the conversation and showed me a picture of something. Uh, and that's what I want to share today. And it was a picture of a surgeon. And what I could see happening was when we have surgery, um, there is a moment at which if any of you here have had any kind of surgery um, and you're going under anesthetic, there's a moment at which you have to trust your life into the hands of the surgeon. And you can't half do it. You can't, like, just a little bit do it. If you're going to be put under anesthetic, there is a moment of consent that happens where we say to the surgeon, okay, it's over to you. And at that moment, for any of you who've ever been under general anesthetic where uh, the mask comes over your face, with all the best will in the world, you can change your mind, but it's not going to count for much at that point. You have to have already made the decision in advance that you are giving your life into the hands of the surgeon. And what's interesting for me as God showed me this picture was that often with surgery, we are not only signing our lives into the hands of someone, let's be honest, who we barely know. We're trusting in what we've been told about them. We're trusting in their knowledge, their expertise and their experience, what they've done for others. But we're, we're also trusting our will and our life, knowing that whilst the outcome ultimately might be great, the immediate outcome will be painful. And I find that fascinating I find it fascinating that not only as human beings who like to be in control, we hand over control to a surgeon, but we do it knowing that when we come back, we are very likely to be in significant pain and maybe for some time, and yet we still say yes. I mean, I see Glyn at the back here. Glyn's recently undergone major surgery. Why, why did Glyn say yes? Why do any of us say yes? Because we understand what's available to us in the healing that comes through the surgery. That's why. And growing up, my stepdad uh, had lots of heart difficulties and he um, needed a triple heart, heart bypass in the end. Um, and 
the reason he consented to someone he barely met to open his body up and perform very risky major surgery on his body and he entrusted that to him was because he knew he would be able to live for longer and have a fuller and healthier and more vibrant life as a result of that surgery even though in the short term it meant for many weeks he was in pain and he couldn't walk and he had to walk that out and the second part of the talk that you'll get one day, I don't know when, um, we'll be talking about how we cooperate with the aftercare of an encounter with God so that we can get the best from it. Because let's be honest, if he'd have gone in for that triple bypass surgery and then woken up and said, I'm done with this hospital now, oh, I've got what I came for, I've got my bypass, I've got what I've come for, so I'm done now, thanks. And he'd pulled all his tubes out and stopped taking all the medication and walked out of the hospital and refused the physiotherapy and refused all the nursing care. I I would imagine he's not going to get the benefit from the surgery that he's just had. That's part two. So that's part two in a nutshell is, yes, we encounter him and if we want to actually receive the benefits and the fruit of that encounter, we have to cooperate daily with the rehab process to walk out our healing, which is the daily decision to make wise choices to get the best from the surgery we've had, rather than just say, well, I've had my encounter. I've had my surgery. I've had my transformation. God did it. And now I'm just going to keep living my life exactly the way I did before with making no adjustments and changes. And I'm going to somehow believe that my life will be better just because of the surgery. This is not the case. We need absolutely need both. And I, and I feel like what God is inviting us into today is to look at getting ready for meeting with him as individuals. I talked about this a few weeks ago, about waking up as individuals and as a church community. Getting ready to hand our will into his in this season. And one of the things I've reflected on when it comes to uh, medical things and surgery is that very often it would be very unusual to go to see a doctor and for them to identify lots of different things that are wrong and decide to do them all at the same time. Do you agree? Would that be unusual, yeah? If you have problems in different parts of your body, it would be unusual that any medical professional would want to put you through the trauma of the, of the surgery effectively by doing everything at once. And I do think sometimes when we come to God for an encounter, we want him to just do it all in one go. And then we can feel a bit disappointed if, if he doesn't. An example of this is at Saturday Night Church, I had the opportunity to pray for someone's hand. They had a hand injury and the injury involved swelling and pain. I prayed for their hand, and, uh, and the pain went, uh, but the swelling didn't. So, as a human being, I was like, wow, that's really annoying, <laughs> because, I, so I'm going to pray for the swelling, and, and the swelling didn't go. 
It turns out the, things that, the thing that mattered most to the person I was praying for is that they weren't in pain anymore. But somehow I took my human brain and put that onto what God had done and suddenly a little bit diminished the, the miracle and the encounter because it didn't do the whole thing that I was hoping for. Now, we, we all know, I, well, I know, I'm not going to say we all know, it's very presumptuous. I know God can do it all in one moment. It is not that he's not able. But I also know as a father, he loves us so deeply that when he wants to bring us healing and encounter, he does it piece by piece by piece, often in a way that we can cope and we can manage and that we can respond. And part of getting ready for surgery, and this is what I feel that he is inviting us into, I think it's linked to waking up. For a start, if you are asleep to the presence and the power of God, you are not getting near the hospital, let alone the consent form. Like, if, you, if you're not awake to what's possible in the kingdom, then you're definitely not going to be up for what I'm going to be looking at asking us to do this morning, which is surrendering our life into his hands. We first have to be awake. So that this is all linked. We wake up spiritually and we say, let's go. And then when we've woken up, we have a decision to make, which is, am I actually willing to surrender my life into your hands? And that requires preparation. Any surgeon will tell you that they don't just say, rock up on the day. If you're going through major surgery, no surgeon says that. No one just says, oh yeah, just turn up. Often you have to get your body ready. Often there's fasting involved. Well, that's interesting. The Bible talks a lot about fasting in terms of preparing our hearts. There's rest involved in preparing your body. There are certain things that you have to do in advance in order to get the best. And I feel like God is inviting us to get our hearts and our minds ready for the move that he wants to do in this church and across this town. And he says, please don't make this trite. Please don't make this trite and like some party trick where as a church we all stand up and like we're fully surrendered. He's like, if you don't want to fully surrender, don't do it. When Chris spoke at Saturday Night Church around um, the invitation to get wet, he talked about the river of the Holy Spirit and some of us are dipping our toe in and we're like, okay. And some of us are getting into knee deep or thigh deep and there's actually a moment of like, are you ready to get all in? I think sometimes as, as the church, we make it too easy for people to say words they don't believe to pray prayers they don't actually consent their heart to say. And then we all walk out the building feeling really brave. But it's only brave if you actually believe what you're saying. There's um, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. That song, come flood this place and change the atmosphere. Do you really want him to change the atmosphere? Because if he does, it can be quite uncomfortable. So again, sometimes we sing songs, you're worthy of it all, have it all, have it all, have it all. And as I said a few weeks ago, have it all, but please not that bit. So I feel like the first thing that, that is important is we need to prepare our hearts and minds to actually choose in to what God is asking us to do, which is to become Lord of 
all. And I've heard it preached, and I will say it from this microphone today, I do not think it is true. You can challenge my theology. I've heard people say he's either Lord of all or not at all, and I don't believe that because I believe that he works with us as his children, and his aim is always to be Lord of all. But sometimes he's asking to be Lord of this first, then this, then this, then this, then this. And ultimately, his desire is to be Lord of all, but it doesn't mean he's not Lord at all if we are not yet ready to surrender ourselves. Uh, If you have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to go to Ezekiel. Sorry, it's a hard one to find. It's not, look in the index. It it may or may not come up on the screen, but there's a passage in Ezekiel um, where this is talking to the people of Israel, but I believe it is a word for us as Numa Church as we step into some of these surrender moments today. Uh, It's Ezekiel 36, starting at 26, and it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. And I will save you from all your uncleanness. Can I read it again? I will give you Numa Church, every individual sat here, everyone watching online, I will give you a new heart if you want it and put a new spirit in you if you're ready to say yes. I will remove from you your heart of stone when you're ready and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people And I will be your God and I will save you from all your uncleanness. And if we think surrendering our will to the fathers is easy, um, then we only need to look at the example of Jesus before he went to the cross. I mean, Jesus is Jesus, right? Like Jesus is son of God. He is God in human form. And even he found this moment hard, (laughs) In Luke, it talks about the fact that before he goes to the cross, he he took himself away and he knelt and he prayed and he said, Father, if you're willing, please take this suffering away from me. He's basically saying, if there's any other way, can you do that? And then he says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And I love this next verse. This is Luke 22, 43 now. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. We are not invited to do this alone. Not only do we have church family to help us in a place of encounter with God, we also have the Holy Spirit as helper. We have the whole of heaven cheering us on. And I'm going to show you um, in just a second, I'm going to put some pictures on the screen. In the summer holidays, uh, we went away to the south of France and uh, we crossed the border one day to go to, um, into Spain and we went to a water park. And I felt God speak to me about 
um, what the moment of yes looks like. Yes, with a surgeon, you sign a consent form. Uh, There was a particular ride at this water park, which you had to be over 16 to go on, much to the sadness of the children. Uh, And the, the ride involved a very, very steep slide with a big upward dip at the bottom upward incline whatever that is the idea being by the time you say yes at the top you go down and then you don't just end in the water you go up into the air before you go into the water I love this kind of stuff so this is this ride and what I felt God say this morning when he talks about getting into the river of the Holy Spirit and encountering him is the first picture you will see the moment that the light has gone green at the top of the slide. You have to wait for the water to clear. At, by the time my hands are across my chest and I've said yes, I can tell you now there was no going back. Even if I'd have tried my best, I couldn't have stopped it happen. Do we think by picture two, I could have any control over how wet I was about to get? No. At that point, I couldn't have in my head said, I'm really glad I've done the slide. I think I'm just going to go into my ankles. That wasn't going to happen. By the time I got to number three, all bets were off. I was going to get wet, absolutely soaked. And you can see the result by the end. Not one part of my body remained dry. That is what I feel God is asking us as individuals and as church. But you know, when the decision happened, it didn't happen halfway down the slide. It was when the light went green at the top and he said, are you in? I mean, he didn't. He was like, go, Nick, because I think God loves these kind of things, too. When, when, you know, our hearts are alive in these moments, I think God is much more fun than we give him credit for. Just saying. Um, So at that point of saying, yes, you can take the pictures down now for everyone's sake. Um, So what I'm going to do now is um, we are going to draw to a close in a moment because we're going to be moving uh, into a time where we're going to take communion. But I I heard a prayer this week um, that was called the Lordship Prayer. And um, I'm going to invite us to stand and to read it together. But first, I can see you getting ready, but first. I'm going to read you the prayer in its entirety. And then I'm going to give you a minute to reflect on how much of this you want to say. And what you need to know is, it's absolutely fine and okay if you don't feel you can say any, if you feel you can say 10%, if you feel you can say it all. But I, I would say, be sure that you mean what, you, what you're going to say. That's why I'm reading it to you all in advance so you can see this is no blank check here that you know what you're signing up to. And then I'm going to invite you to stand in as a church for us to declare as much of this as we feel able to as God invites us into this encounter. So it will come on the screen, but for now, I'm just going to read it to you. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need of you and accept you now as my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, and my Deliverer. I invite you now to be the Lord and authority of the whole of my life. Be Lord of my human spirit, my worship, my conscience, and spiritual understanding. Be Lord of my mind, my thoughts, my attitudes, my beliefs, and my imagination. 
Be Lord of my will and all my intentions and decisions. Be Lord of my emotions and the expression of my feelings. Be Lord of my body, my physical health and strength, my senses and appearance, my actions, exercise, rest and diet. Be Lord of my ears and all that I listen to, my eyes, all that I look at and every look I give, my mouth and all that goes in and every word that comes out, my hands and everything they touch and do, my feet and every path I tread, every stand I take. Be Lord of my sexuality and its expression. Be Lord of my family and all my relationships. Be Lord of my time, my work, my Christian service, my relaxation, my sleep and dreams. Be Lord of my finances, my material goods and perceived needs. Be Lord of my plans, ambitions and future. Be Lord of the timing and nature of my death. Thank you that you shed your blood for me so that I might be free from the consequences of sin and that my name can be written in the book of life. Come and exercise your kingdom rule in and through my life in a new way from today. Amen. I think you would agree that that prayer in its entirety is, you are fully wet. There is no part of your body, mind, or soul that will be dry if you feel able to commit to asking Lord to be Lord of every single one of those things. So I'm going to give you now just a moment in your own space and in your own heart and head for you to do some transactions with God right now and decide what bits of this consent form you want to sign before you ask the surgeon to operate and to bring to you what it is you're asking for. That first slide. And I will say again, for you and for the person standing next to you, There is absolutely no shame, guilt, or condemnation in the spaces and places in this prayer that you don't yet feel able to commit into God's hands. Absolutely none. So please know that if you remain quiet for all or part of this prayer, there is no shame in this space to do that. There's a gentle Father in heaven who says, I hear you and I see you. So let's go back to the first slide and we'll read together. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need of you and accept you now as my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, and my Deliverer. I invite you now to be the Lord and authority of the whole of my life. Be Lord of my human spirit, my worship, conscience, and spiritual understanding. Be Lord of my mind, my thoughts, my attitudes, my beliefs, and my imagination. Be Lord, oh hang on, you ready? Next slide please. Be Lord of my will and all my intentions and decisions. 
Be Lord of my emotions and the expression of my feelings. Be Lord of my body, my physical health and strength, my senses and appearance, my actions, exercise, rest and diet. Be Lord of my ears and all that I listen to, my eyes, all that I look at and every look I give, my mouth and all that goes in, every word that comes out, my hands and everything they touch and do, my feet and every path I tread, every stand I take. Be Lord of my sexuality and its expression. Be Lord of my family and all my relationships. Be Lord of my time, my work, my Christian service, my relaxation, sleep and dreams. Be Lord of my finances, my material goods and perceived needs. Be Lord of my plans, ambitions and future. Be Lord of the timing and nature of my death. Thank you that you shed your blood for me so that I may be free from the consequence of sin and that my name can be written in your book of life. Come and exercise your kingdom rule in and through my life in a new way from today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.